coming at you from San Diego, California. This is the Customer Disservice Podcast, the only place that unveils today's shameful customer service and helps you become the leader of satisfaction in your industry. And now, here's your host, business owner and entrepreneur, Nick Roberge. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Customer Disservice Podcast, where we unveil today's shameful customer service and help you become the leader of satisfaction in your industry. I'm your host, Nick Roberge. Today, we're going to be talking about the three C's to effective change and how you can use them to make a variety of changes to your business. But before we get into that, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone tuning in. Like I said, this is episode three of a brand new podcast. Really appreciate everybody that's tuning in. I also want to hear your feedback, so make sure you hit me up on social media afterwards or go ahead to my website at nicholasroberge.com. You can check out the blog and additional podcasts there as well. Shoot me an email, a message, whatever it may be. Always looking to make the next episode better than the last. So getting right into it, the first C we're going to talk about today is control. What I mean by control is I don't mean having control of someone else or anything like that. What I'm talking about is taking control of your environment in your workplace environment. What I mean by taking control of your environment is you need to gather information, see what's going on with your current environment, whether you're in a new role in a new company this is, or whether it's your business. You need to be able to gather as much information as you can about what's already existing in my company, in my department, so that I can go ahead and take control of it and make better changes going forward. You'll never be able to step into a place or into a new environment and make radical changes or any changes for that matter and expect everything to go very smoothly. You need to do your homework by gathering as much information as you can, talk to your team, see where you're already placed in the market, whatever it may be. And from there on, once you have all that information necessary, you can make the appropriate adjustments to make those changes. Now, these changes can be any kinds of changes. They can be branding changes, cultural changes, changes with your team, whatever it may be. Now, for example, if we're talking about a cultural change, what you want to do in this instance to gather as much information, you want to ask yourself, okay, what kind of culture is existing today? What are we, what is our team known for? And what do we want to become? But going even a step further, before we can analyze what we want to become, we really need to understand who we have in place, why they were brought into this role, how do they make up our culture, if they are even making up the culture. And that'll give you a better idea of where you want to be placed going forward, how you can make those changes to better suit your vision. If you're talking about a branding change, it's something along the same lines. Do you want to be known for your speedy service, your high quality products, your low cost products, but you can't go ahead and envision those changes that you're going to make without really understanding the ins and outs of your branding image. And lastly, if we're talking about a change with your existing team, you need to understand, okay, what trainings are we having them go through currently? What are their goals? What are their current expectations? You need to understand where they're at and where they're trying to get to so you can go ahead and project that image, that culture image that you're looking to project. 
Now, obviously, all three of these aspects, talking about branding, your company culture, your team, they're all intertwined and related, okay? Now, that's obvious. Now, but what we're trying to do here is gather as much information as you can so we can pinpoint, okay, do we need to make a cultural change? Do we need to make a branding change? If you want to make a cultural change, it needs to start with your people. So do we need to make a team change? So this will allow you to identify exactly where you are seeing that a change needs to be made so that you can go ahead and take control of your environment because after all, if you are the one going to be making these changes, you need to be the one that knows the ins and outs of your business, your department, whatever it may be, so that you can go ahead and make a comfortable and confident change going forward. Now, the most important part of this first C of control is the ability to be humble. If you are the owner of this business or the leader of this department, you may think that you know your branding, your cultural, your team, you know, you might think you know the ins and outs of it, but you also may not. And it's important to get those outside perspectives. You know, you want to find out what other people think your branding image is or what other people think maybe your company culture is. You know, if it has to do some with your culture, maybe ask your team, ask your employees. Um, it has to do some with your branding. You know, you can be something simple as asking some outsiders to give their feedback. You can even just put a survey out there, you know, something along the lines of, you know, what does, what does our company do best or what are we known for? Something like that. And you can use that feedback to be like, wow, okay, I really thought that we were giving off this impression, but I can see now that it's a little bit different. So your original idea for change might make not as much sense now, now that you have outsiders perspectives and you can make the appropriate adjustments before you go ahead and start making these changes. After all, it's not about what you think, but rather as what your audience thinks, your customers thinks. They're the ones that are going to verify what your branding is, for example, because they are the ones that are interacting with your business on a daily basis. The second C to effective change is consistency. What I mean by consistency is you need to be consistent during your change process. During the process in which you make these changes, you want to make sure that your vision for these changes, your reasoning is always consistent. So going back to our examples with cultural changes, brand changes, team changes, you know, if we're talking about a cultural change, what you need to understand is that culture takes time to change and develop, just like trust. It's not something you can just jump right into and change culture and the you know flip of a switch. You need to make these small changes that will slowly blend together because after all, your culture is the makeup of your entire team, your company's beliefs, their values, their traditions, the team that you hire, the practices and procedures you have in place. So it's a variety of things that all come together and scream one large message. And it's up to you to decide what you would like that message to be. Are you a company that gives back to your community? Are you a company that really focuses on customer service? Is it you know the trust that you have with your team, the togetherness? But you have to be able to decide what you really want that vision to be and make changes along that line. So like I said, if you're into giving back, if your company gives back to the community and you want to make some changes, make sure your changes are reflective of that and contribute to that vision. And the best part is that a lot of these visions can all be incorporated into one. You don't need to pick, okay, do we only have a culture that gives back to the community? You can have a culture that gives back, that you have respect with one another, that you have a you know team togetherness, team unity with one another. It doesn't have to be one or the other. You can decide your own little pool of essentially character traits that you want your culture to really project. 
And the same thing goes with branding consistency. You want to make sure, you know, if you are a company that really focuses on high-end products, you know, and you have the opportunity to bring on some vendors that maybe don't provide as high quality as you would like, you know, that's a simple change to avoid because you really don't want to sacrifice your branding image. What you need to do is whatever decisions or options you have along your way, ask yourself, you know, does this support or does it decrease our company's branding? Is it along the same lines of what we already have or is it going to is it going to hurt us? And what you see all the time, especially from startup companies, is that they'll start with a very specific branding image and vision. You know, for example, it could be, okay, we are going to provide the highest quality, high cost blank services or blank products, whatever it may be. And then very soon they start getting that feedback from the consumers. Oh, we'd like to see this, but at a lower price point. So then they start offering those kinds of services or products. And before you know it, they have a super, super variety of those services or those products. And they lose that original image that they have of providing just those high quality, high cost items. You know, they lose that reputation from those consumers who were, who were coming to them because of that. And now you have a variety of consumers coming to them and that image starts to be sacrificed. You know, people start to wonder, okay, well, do they still provide that very high quality service or product? Or is it more thinned out now because they're providing, you know, a variety of them? So you just have to be careful. There's, now, there's obviously different points along a business's journey where it's more appropriate to add those services. You know, I'm not saying if, you know, if you provide high quality service, you can never provide, you know, high quality but low cost service, for example. So in this case, if you had started out with a very high quality, high cost service from the beginning, you know, it's not exactly a great idea to go ahead and spread yourself so thin just because you're getting a bunch of feedback from your consumers right at the beginning. You know, you'd want to let that play out a little bit and decide, okay, do we want to continue with this vision, with this mission, this branding image, or do we want to make a pivot and maybe offer both? Or maybe we just, you know, ditch this entire branding image and focus solely on the high quality, low cost, you know, but that's a decision to be made down the road. The point is, is that you want to be consistent with your image going forward. Whatever whatever decision and change that you make, you have to be consistent with it. Ask yourself, does this support or does this hinder what we've already have as an image? Now, one last thing to mention about consistency is, you know, same thing goes for a team change. If you're looking to make a team change or something along the lines of a change that's going to affect your team, you know, not necessarily removing or adding pieces of your team, that's where consistency plays a major role whenever it comes to people because you're, whether it's your team or your customers, you know, responding to your branding image, they will not appreciate or adapt well to constant changes in your branding image or your team culture, whatever it may be. They appreciate consistency and, you know, obviously, like I said, you can implement those small changes along the way, but you want to be careful about implementing any radical changes that are going to completely disassemble everything that's been put together over the years and stay focused on that long-term vision that you've had from the start. Now, finally, we're going to get into the last and third C to making these effective changes, which is compromise. Up until this point, we've talked about taking control managing your consistency and now we're going to be talking about compromise now when i mean compromise i don't necessarily mean with others or your coworkers or even people around you what i kind of mean is compromising with yourself you must be open to other changes to pivots that you may make along the way because the fact of the matter is is that these changes that you hope to make or you know that you're going to make they might not produce the same results or make much sense later down the road in your decision-making process. And that's completely okay. 
but it's about having the ability to be okay this is not working we're going ahead and pivot we're going ahead and make a different change or maybe scrap this change altogether because it doesn't support who we are as a company or what our digital branding image was from the start anything like that but it's important that you know, you don't get stuck. You want to be aware, keep your ears and eyes out for what your audience or your market is telling you it needs along your decision-making process. No decision you make ever has to be permanent. And as we know, many changes take a long time to actually take effect. So at any point in that process, whether you own your business or work for a department and report to others, don't be afraid or hesitant to back out of that decision and say, you know what, this is why we should not go ahead and make this decision. More often than not, you are going to, especially if you work as you know a leader of a department, whatever it may be, you are going to gain much more respect as a decision maker from those that you report to because it shows that you are humble and objective as a decision maker. You didn't just decide that you were going to make this decision and continue it all the way through and see the result. You made a decision, okay, we're going to try this change. And at some point in this process is, you know what, this doesn't make any sense for us, for us, you know, as a company, for my business, for our department, you know, you saw something along the way that someone else would have seen at a later time and you picked up on that earlier. So do not be afraid to make that aware to those that you report to, or even to yourself, you know, you need to compromise with yourself and say, yes, okay, we know that we put three, four, five, six weeks into implementing this change, but we didn't look at it from this angle. And now that we see this, it doesn't make much sense for our culture, our branding image doesn't make sense for our company image, whatever it may be. But it's important to go ahead and be able to compromise with yourself. And also, don't shy away from those a bit from those moments where you can pick up on, you know, those vulnerabilities in your decision. You know, don't shy away from your audience because it will be found out at some point. You want to make sure when you go ahead and you think, okay, we're going to go ahead and make this decision, start looking at your decision. This is something I do all the time. Start looking at your potential decision from a variety of angles. You know, say, okay, I want, this is the decision I'm thinking of making and then sit on the other side of the table, okay, and debunk your idea, debunk your decision as much as possible. What that's going to do is going to give you that objective perspective, you know, that will be found out at some time in the future, but you're trying to cover all those bases now early on. What that's also going to do is if once you get those different perspectives on that change, you will go ahead and be able to make, you know, just figure out how you're going to make this change even better to satisfy those needs that you're targeting that you're not currently satisfying or whatever it may be. You're going to be able to make better decisions going forward. So just be sure that you're able to compromise with yourself, sit down with your idea, look at it from all different perspectives, be objective as possible about it, and don't be afraid. You know, if this idea sucks, okay, well, we throw it out and we have a better idea. Or if this idea needs to be pivot a little bit, to better suit the company, better suit the department, you know, or better suit my team, go ahead and do so. It doesn't need to be something where you're locked into it or you're expected to carry it out from those above you once that you've, you know, made that proposal to make that change. Be humble and don't be afraid to back out of it as any point because like I said, if you get in too deep with that doubt in your mind about this idea or this change, it will be made known by somebody at some point in the future. So you want to cover those bases up front and make sure that that doesn't happen as much as possible. And lastly, going back to gaining that respect from those that above you, you know, at this point, you've proposed the change, you know, they've listened to your change, they've given you the approval. Now, halfway through, you realize, okay, this really isn't going to accomplish what we thought it would be, and you want to back out of it, you are unint unintentionally using that reverse psychology with those 
that you report to because you're going to go to them and be like, hey, you know what? I know I initially thought that this was the change that we should make as a department or as a company. And at this point in time, I realized, okay, this is not going to work because of this, this, and this reason. And from their standpoint, they're going, well, hold on a second. You know, you told us that, you know, you convinced us of this idea and we thought it was great. Why don't you think it's not going to work? And not only that, but let us help you make a better decision that will work even better than that. You know, at this point, they've already consented to and giving you the approval to go ahead and make that change. If you come back to them and say, you know, this is not going to work like this anymore. You know, they will have that reverse psychology effect where they're not, you know, not anymore where they're giving you the approval of what to go for. They're saying, you know, what do you need from us to make this happen? You know, you will gain that kind of respect from them because you, you know, you're saving the company time, you're saving them dollars, you know, you're saving them resources. So, like I said, whether you work for the department or your own business, you just have, must have that ability to back out of that decision. So that just about wraps up today's discussion about the three C's to effective change: control, consistency, and compromise. I want to thank you for tuning in today. Like I said, this is a very brand new podcast, so I appreciate each and every one of you that is listening in. Please, please, please feel free to hit me up at my website, nicholasroberge.com. Give me some feedback. You can shoot me a message on there. You can go ahead and also hit me up on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Want to hear your feedback about how we can make this show better and better and better. You could also check out the blog and additional podcasts at nicholasroberge.com. Like I said before, the content on the blog will always be different from the podcast. That's just what I like to do. So once again, thank you for tuning in, and I will catch up with you guys next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Customer Disservice Podcast with Nick Roberge. Be sure to check out additional podcasts, the blog, and more at nicholasroberge.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we'll see you next time.